Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 16 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at Notorious FNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 16 tight end start or sit decisions. The 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday night football, the New Orleans Saints at the Los Angeles Rams. Now, when it comes to starting Taysom Hill, it is essentially like shooting a basketball from beyond half court, right? Sometimes it's going to go in, it's going to be a swish, nothing but net, but a lot of the times it's going to be a swing and a miss. With that said, the upside that Taysom Hill possesses to potentially win you your week on his own the upside is too high for me to list him as a sit. Now, I fully understand that he is as risky as it gets, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like starting Taysom Hill is like wrapping a team in a condom, right? He is far from safe, but I think the upside of him potentially smacking 15-plus points in any given game puts him in the fringe start range. Again, I get that it is very, very risky, but if you are willing to take that risk, the upside can be incredibly fruitful. Then we got Jawan Johnson for the Saints. Now, Johnson did have a good game last week, right, as a top 12 tight end. But the thing is, I get he scored a touchdown, but he did it on one of his two targets. His target share is incredibly low in this offense with Chris Olave now healthy. I don't really expect him to pop off once again this week. And again, there is a lot of luck that happens in the NFL, right? Scoring a touchdown on two targets is something that is not very likely to happen again. Tyler Higby is going to be a sit for me for the Rams. Now, besides his one huge game back in week number 12, where he went crazy up against the Cardinals, he hasn't done shit this season. So don't get cute and play Higby. I understand. Oh my God, Stafford's playing so great. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Just go ahead and sit Tyler Higby. Now we move to the Saturday slate of games, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now Tanner Hudson River is going to be a start for me. And while I was perusing the Fantasy Pros expert consensus rankings to see what the consensus is, Tanner Hudson was buried down the rankings despite the fact that he's been a top 16 tight end in three straight weeks, and I think he is an incredibly safe bet to score 10 fantasy points. Now, I would definitely be shocked if he dropped his nuts in the mouth of the Pittsburgh Steelers right and scored like 18 or 20 points, but as Kevin Garnett would say, anything is possible. So it is definitely possible, not very likely though, Hudson is a low-end fringe start this week, right? If you're hunting for some crazy upside, play Taysom Hill. If you want to wrap a nice rubber, a nice Trojan around your team, play Tanner Hudson. Pat Fryermuth on paper, this matchup is amazing, right? This is a five-star matchup like you're playing Grand Theft Auto. But Fryermuth has fallen out of the top 20 at the tight end in three straight games. And I don't expect a bounce back to miraculously happen with Mason Rudolph, the red nose reindeer, under center. You gotta sit him down. Next up, we got the Buffalo Bills 
at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Kincaid flipped us the double birds last week with a grand total of zero fantasy points, a goose egg for us. But I think in honor of the Christmas spirit, I think Kincaid is going to get right this week. I know that some of the Kincaid owners may have their panties on a bunch after one down game, but at the end of the day, do we really expect the Buffalo Bills to only throw 15 times again like they did last week up against the Cowboys? For me, the answer would be fuck no, baby. So I really do expect, expect, I really do expect Kincaid to bounce back and I'm starting him with confidence as a top 12 guy. Now when it comes to Everett, I'm listing him as a sit, but I wouldn't be all that shocked if Everett had a great game. His targets have increased with Easton Stick under center, but even with eight targets in back-to-back games, he scored just nine fantasy points in both games. So in reality, I would just rather avoid the Chargers offense at all costs right now, thus sitting Gerald Everett. Next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Atlanta Falcons, the start of the Sunday slate. Now, Kyle Pitts played bad last week. And when Kyle Pitts has a bad game, I don't even think the people that believe in Kyle Pitts like I do are shocked at all because this Falcons offense week in and week out is as unpredictable as it gets. Sure, Heineke is back under center this week and things may get better, but who really fucking knows when Arthur Smith is incompetent? Even in a great matchup, this is a great matchup for the tight end here, Pitts is just a fringe start. And Janu has lost his spot as getting like even just a little sit on the screen as his target share has dipped off heavily. Kylan Granson is a sit. Now he has popped off a couple times this season, but whenever he has a huge game, he disappears like Houdini for the next couple of weeks. There is no need to start this man. Next up, we move to the Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans. Now Noah Fant is a guy that I really like to watch. And I think on a different team now, I know it didn't work in Denver, but I think in a situation where maybe Maybe the team focuses in on giving him the correct amount of targets, then Noah Fant could be good. But in a loaded offense like they have JSN, Charbonnet, they have Walker, they have Metcalf, Lockett, they have a lot of cooks in the kitchen here, and they also use multiple tight ends. There is really no need to even have Noah Fant rostered on your fantasy team. Chigozium Akankuwu. Chig has certainly seen a bump in targets as of recently but that doesn't make you a valuable fantasy asset. Now, as we inject Tannehill back into this lineup who wasn't really feeding Chig earlier on in the season, I would definitely stay away. Next up, we move to the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Two tight ends that could be, honestly, the tight end one and two at the end of the week. Now, Sam Laporta gave the Denver Broncos a knuckle sandwich last week with five receptions on six targets for 56 yards and three Not one, not two, three fucking touchdowns as the tight end number one. Laporta has been putting defenses into the walls of Jericho all season long, and I expect him to ball out once again up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings. I understand the Vikings defense this, the Vikings defense that. Everyone likes to get on their knees and give the Gawk Gawk 9000 special to the Vikings, and sure, they've turned it all around this year with Brian Flores as the DC. Round of applause for them. But at the end of the day... I don't think they're going to be able to contain the beast, Sam Laporta, and he will be a top five tight end in my rankings this week. Now, TJ Hawkinson had a solid game last week up against the Bengals in Cincy. Nothing to write home about, 
but nothing too bad, right? Six receptions on seven targets for 63 yards. Just like with Laporta, Hawkinson is a must start every single week. Even with nine inch Nicholas Mullins under center, you have to start Hawkinson. Next up, we move to game number seven on the slate here. The Washington Commanders versus the New York Jumbo Jets in Met Life. Now, Logan Thomas's fall from grace has hurt worse than my first heartbreak, right? This shit hurts like a butt cheek on a stick, as they used to say. He went from this super safe weekly option. Sure, the upside might have been limited, but you felt real cozy when you threw Logan Thomas into your lineup, and now he has fallen outside of the top 32 in three straight weeks. I get that the Jets' defense can be susceptible to getting dicked down by the tight end position. But based upon how Logan Thomas has played over the last three weeks and based upon the uncertainty at the quarterback position with Sam Howell, I would just have to stay away from Logan Thomas. Now, when it comes to Tyler Conklin, he's another one of those guys where it wouldn't really shock me if he had a good game. But putting my fantasy team in jeopardy to start... Conklin on what is, in my opinion, the worst offense in the NFL is too much of a risk. It's not even a guarantee that Zach Wilson plays. And if it's Trevor Simeon, things can get even worse. He hasn't been a top 12 tight end since week 10. And with the worries at the quarterback position, with the offensive line being brittle, there's no need to play Tyler Conklin. Next up, we move to the Green Bay Packers at the Carolina Panthers. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. And whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video as well. Now for the Panthers, they got Tommy Make That Ass Tremble. And Tommy Tremble is a two to three target tight end on an offense that might actually bore you to death. Like you might be better off just painting your wall next to your TV before the game. And instead of watching the football game, if you just have the Panthers versus Packers, you might as well, when the, the Panthers have the ball, just stare at the wall, watch the paint dry. It's really that bad. It could bore you to death. So there's not even a need to talk about Tremble. He's a clear sit. Tucker Craft Mac and Cheese was the tight end six last week against the Bucks with four receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. He has been pretty reliable as a top 18 guy over the last four weeks. And if he scores, you'll be happy. If not, he probably won't sell you up the river. Based upon how we are sitting right now, I think that Kraft is in the fringe start range that I'm not very excited about, right? I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum aggressively for Kraft, but we have seen the upside play out, and he's probably way better than the options on your waiver wire right now. Next up, we move to the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Now, David Njoku, the Chief, has ripped off back-to-back -back weeks as the tight end number two with 25-plus points in both games. This man is Flacco's favorite target and that is clear by the huge, the humongous boost of production ever since Flacco took over for Ninjoku. I always knew that Flacco loved a nice tight end and receptions on 14 targets for 104 yards and a touchdown last week. This is a Texans defense that likes to get force choked Vader style by the tight end position. I la 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 love David Ninjoku this week. Now, Dalton Schultz is also a start, just like David Njoku, but he is on the opposite side of the pendulum, right? You could hear in how I 
pushed up my voice right and how excited I was about Ninjoku, that excitement isn't there as much for Schultz. Now, I actually think that Schultz is a very comparable tight end in terms of skill set as David Ninjoku. But the thing is, cool Joe Flacco loves the tight end. And now Dalton Schultz is with Case fucking Keenum because CJ Stroud is seemingly out again. And that puts Schultz into the desperation tier of tight end. He might be the most talented tight end in that group, but the upside is limited without Dalton Schultz and with Case Keenum in there, especially up against the Browns defense. If you have to play Schultz, Sure, go ahead, but he is far from an ideal start. Next up, we move to the start of the 4 o'clock slate. Evan Ingram and the Jacksonville Jaguars at Cade Otten and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, in terms of Cade Otten, if so many tight ends hadn't been popping up this late into the season as of recently as guys that I would like to start, then Otten would probably end up as a start in this game up against the Jaguars. This isn't a matchup that strikes fear into my eyes by any means. But knowing how many weapons Tampa has, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rashad with two A's white, and with the potential emergence of Chris Godwin in this offense, getting 10 plus targets in back-to-back -back weeks, I would rather just stay away from KDOT. And again, I like KDOT and I think he's a very talented player. But as of right now, I don't think you want him in your starting lineup. Evan Ingram shit the bed last week against the Ravens, right? Let's call a spade a spade. But we can't really blame Ingram because this whole offense imploded like that submarine that went to go find the Titanic earlier on in the year. RIP to those guys. Ingram is a guy that has top three upside every single week, and this matchup against the Buccaneers points towards that. Now, I will tell you, if Trevor Lawrence, for some reason, is not able to suit up with that concussion, and they end up having to go with C.J. Beathard, Ingram should still be fine. I think I would have to kind of drop him down the ranking slightly. As of right now, though, assuming that Lawrence does play, Ingram is a must-start tight end this week, as well as every other week, and will be ranked inside of my top six at the tight end position. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Now, Trey McBride went bananas. He went haywire last week. He bent the San Francisco 49ers over a table. 10 receptions on 11 targets for 102 yards. This guy might genuinely be matchup proof with how much Kyler Murray feeds the ball down his throat. Two straight weeks as the tight end three and against the Bears, it would be a shock to no one. Definitely wouldn't be a shock to me if he was the tight end three or better again. I love McBride and to me, he is an auto start. Cole Komet has been a top 10 tight end now in three straight games which instantly in your head, you would know, hey, that's a guy that you have to start. Now, he's not technically in like the must start, like top five, top eight range, but he's earned his spot inside of the top 12. Last week in a tough spot against the Browns, he had five receptions on seven targets for 23 yards and a touchdown. Now, I understand that just from what you're thinking, right? In your head, hey, going up against the Cardinals, this is a defense that sucks more cock than Violet Myers, right? This is a huge spot for Cole Komet. You might actually, or not you might actually be, you would be wrong there because up against the tight end, I get as a whole, the Cardinals defense reeks. You could sniff them through the screen, 
but against the tight end, they're actually halfway decent. Regardless of the matchup, though, Komet is a top 12 tight end in my rankings. Justin Fields loves feeding him. And wiki wiki, DJ Moore. Next up, we move to the Dallas Cowboys at my Miami Dolphins. But before we break down this game at the tight end position, as well as the rest of the games, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys. But first, before we get on into the offer, I do want to explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. So you have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So we're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, the Saints at the LA Rams. We're going to go with higher on the rushing yards for Alvin Kamara, higher than 49.5 rushing yards. And then we're going to go to the Rams and click on the other running back, Kyron Williams, higher than 88.5 rushing yards at both of these hit we'll get three times our entry fee now if we do three picks and they all hit it's six times four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee now if you are new to underdog fantasy and use promo code notorious living in one of the states on your screen right now you will have a first match deposit bonus of up to hundred dollars so you deposit 100 they give you an additional 150 additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER Back on into things here, the Dallas Cowboys at the Dolphins, what many are dubbing as the Fraud Bowl. I, in this game, like the, uh, the Cowboys, right? Yeah, <laughs> funny. I like the Dolphins, obviously, in this game, but uh, should be close, right? I don't think this could be a blowout by either team. Despite the Cowboys getting shit-pumped last week, Fergalicious Ferguson still had a fine day, right? Six receptions on eight targets for 44 yards. He has been a must-start tight end basically all season. I know week one, he wasn't a must-start, but he came out the gate pretty hot week two, and ever since then, he's been a guy that you basically want on your lineup every single week. Obviously, the tight end position is volatile. He's going to have some down games, but overwhelmingly, he has had a chef's kiss Manuf week season. The Dolphins defense is not good at all against the tight end position, so I wouldn't be shocked if Ferguson had a real solid game here. He is a top eight tight end for me on the week. Now, Durham Smythe saw his highest amount of targets on the season last week with four. Technically, it's tied for the highest amount, but for effect, four targets basically unheard of for a guy like Durham Smythe. He went four for four like he was at Wendy's for 32 yards. Now, a solid game for Smythe. That's good, right? Nice for him, but that is his ceiling. The Dolphins' offense is not predicated on using the tight end in the passing attack. Sure, Durham Smythe is great at blocking, but unless you get points for blocking, there ain't no reason to even own Durham Smythe in fantasy. Next up, we move to, because you waited all day for Sunday night, the New England Patriots at the Denver Broncos. Now, Adam Troutman... One reception on three targets last week up against the Lions for 24 yards. Troutman is a two to three target a week guy. And his upside of scoring a touchdown any given week is basically zero. No need to even consider the fish man, Adam Troutman. Hunter Henry has been the tight end number four in Michael Jordan, 96-97, back-to-back week. Shaq and Kobe back-to-back, right? Great to hear for Hunter Henry. And honestly, I didn't see that coming at all because Hunter Henry went from a guy like right at the beginning of the season, if you guys remember, he came out the gate on fire. Amazing. Huge performances in a row. And then he basically slowed down any production and did nothing, right? But now, as of the last two weeks, he has transformed 
into Rob Gronkowski, right? It's really that crazy to see. And he's been getting a lot more targets. You could even say he turned into Aaron Hernandez the way he's killing these defenses. Last week against Kansas City, seven receptions on nine targets for 66 yards and a touchdown against the Denver defense that reeks against the tight end. I expect another solid game out of Henry as a top 12 option, but I will note, I'm not going to sit here and just fucking give him the gawk gawk 9,000 special because I get he's been great over the last two weeks, but you really trust Bailey Zappi to do it a third time? Maybe, maybe not. So he's a lower end tight end one. I still do like him a lot more than a lot of the guys that we talked about as fringe tight end two type guys. Next up, we move to Christmas, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Michael Mayer was a top 10 tight end last week during a game in which the Raiders beat the piss out of the Chargers. Four receptions on five targets for 39 yards and a touchdown. This week, he will end up Falling back down to earth as the Chiefs defense won't be open for the taking. Mayer is a clear sit, in my opinion, as crystal clear as it gets. Travis Kelsey had a down game last week, and not just a down game like for what you would expect out of Kelsey. This was a legitimately bad game, right? Like some of these tight ends, like if you started... I guess if you started Hunter Henry, you'd be happy with the Travis Kelsey game, right? But if you started, for instance, Trey McBride, you would have been disappointed with the game that he had. Five receptions on seven targets for 28 yards. And I guess Taylor Swift come into the game that was giving him all of this oomph, knowing he was going to get some insane top after the game, just doesn't give Kelsey that boost anymore. The Raiders' defense isn't great. Obviously. Kelsey is a start every single fucking week. So again, while he has a down game, I'm not sitting here DEFCON 1, wee-woo, wee-woo, panic. But obviously, it hurt that he didn't perform all that well. He's the tight end one in my rankings on the week. Next up, we got the New York Football Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, Christmas. Dallas Goddard last week. I had to start him in fantasy. And he put the final nail in the coffin. Bijan Robinson fucking tucked me in, put me in the casket, right? Put all the, all basically all the nails in the coffin. And then Goddard, I needed 12 points. I was praying to the fantasy gods above. I was like, Zeus, fucking anyone help me, man. I need some help. And Goddard gets, the oh, first half, he's doing decent. It's like, okay, maybe this is possible. Now I was still thinking I'm going to lose. I was like, I need 12 points. It's in the realm of possibility. Then the second half, he basically does like nothing. He had a couple of passes that I think Hurts should have hit him on that Hurts missed. Four receptions on nine targets for 30 yards against Seattle in Seattle. Since returning, Goddard has scored seven points in back-to-back games, and I'm not very excited to start Goddard, but he feels like a safe option because you know he's involved on an offense that could flip a switch and beat the ever-living shit out of the Giants. So again, while I'm not very excited about him, He should probably get you at least 10 points this week. He'll rank anywhere from tight end 10 to 14 in my rankings. By the time I post my rankings on Saturday on YouTube, if you want my rankings at any point, they'll be uploaded on Thursday and updated throughout the week on Patreon for $7.50 a month. I am afraid that the Eagles offense might be broken, but I still think, again, if you're taking all these crazy bets on tight ends, I think Goddard's a fine bet. 
Darren Waller returned from his injury after missing five games uh, last week up against the Saints in New Orleans, having four receptions on six targets for 40 yards. Waller feels like a pretty mass start due to the fact that the Giants offense is on a decline, but he is a very reliable target for DeVito, so he should at the very least be a top 18 guy. Again, no one I'm super excited about. Final game here, the end of Christmas, Monday Night Football, the Ravens at the 49ers. As a Dolphins fan, I'm hoping the 49ers win here. I think the 49ers do win, but this should be probably, besides the Dolphins and the Cowboys game, this is actually probably the game of the week, but for me, the Dolphins-Cowboys game, obviously as a Dolphins fan. So, George Kittle, me Timbers, shout out Pat Mayo, had a down game last week against the Cardinals in Arizona, but we all knew that Kittle had that down game in him because Kittle is a very boom or bust Player, right? No one is shocked when he has a down game. Kittle has some of the highest upside, though, at the tight end position. So you're not going to sit him. I get, oh, the matchup against the Ravens isn't great, Nick. I know. But Kittle is fucking amazing. He could pop off for 30 points, and it wouldn't be surprising at all. George Kittle is a must-start every single week. Isaiah Likely has been a top-five tight end in back-to-back -back weeks with over 70 yards in each and a touchdown in both of those games. Last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he had five receptions on six targets in primetime Dion. Primetime, shout out Dion. Four, 70 yards, and a tug. I am starting to believe that... I actually like Likely a lot more than I did when Andrews got hurt. When Andrews did get hurt, we talked about Likely as a guy that is almost like fool's gold, right? When Mark Andrews has missed time in the past and Likely had to step in, he was a guy that a lot of people really liked coming out of college, and I did think he had the talent, but you'd play him expecting at least somewhat like, like Walmart version of Mark Andrews, and he just wouldn't do it. But recently, he has. Now, the 49ers defense is great, but they're not great against the tight end, so I got Likely as a top 10 tight end on the weeks. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below like it owes you some money. Whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you guys leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And like I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, if you'd like access to my weekly fantasy football rankings as well as an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure that you check out the Patreon for $7.50 a month. Basically, you pay the $750, you get it for the rest of the season. So I love you guys. Hope you have a great one. And as always, good boy.